0: Welcome to Health Affairs This Week, a weekly conversation where a rotating cast of health affairs editors and occasional guests catch up and chat about the latest and greatest health policy news, milestones, and trends. I am Rob Lott, and uh, today I'm thrilled to welcome one of those special guests that I just mentioned. Uh, We're lucky to have with us here today, Dr. Eric Schneider from the National Committee on Quality Assurance also known as NCQA, where he's the Executive Vice President of their Quality Measurement and Research Group. Welcome, Dr. Schneider.
1: Great to be with you, Rob. Thanks for having us.
0: Absolutely. So, Dr. Schneider, you're actually relatively new at NCQA, having started earlier this year. Um, You were previously uh, Senior Vice President for Policy and Research at the Commonwealth Fund, and before that, directed Rand's uh, Boston office, um, and would love to hear a little more about your journey. Uh, but to get started, uh, this podcast is called This Week for a Reason. We ask you to join us to uh, discuss something that happened this week, uh, which is that on Monday, NCQA released an update to its HEDIS measures with a particular focus on health equity. And for our listeners, a reminder that HEDIS stands for Health effectiveness, data, and information set. And it's the main way that health plans, that is insurers, are evaluated for the quality of care that their members receive. Uh, Dr. Schneider, am I describing that right?
1: You, you described it beautifully. The uh, purpose of HEDIS, which was uh, initiated 30 years ago, uh, was to uh, provide quality measures to measure and compare health plans on the performance uh, for uh, their uh, members. And uh, uh, NCQA has been at that uh, journey, developing new quality measures. They're now widely used in the marketplace. uh, And in fact, derivatives of them are used uh, in other contexts as well. But the purpose is really to uh, provide the information that purchasers, uh, government agencies, uh, Medicaid and other uh, CMS and other agencies can use to compare health plans uh, on performance and to drive uh, quality improvement in the healthcare system.
0: Great. So let me probe a, a little further here, and, and maybe I'll, I'll, we'll call it an existential question for NCQA. And th- that's sort of what was life like before HEDIS? In other words, what was the problem that HEDIS measures exist to solve?
1: Yeah, I think two, uh, several things probably, but I'll highlight a couple of them. Uh, One was that we really did not yet have quality measures in the marketplace in the 1990s. And and, uh, reflecting on my own journey, I actually spent a year at NCQA in 1996 to 97 and worked on two projects. One was the development of new HEDIS measures. There were only six or seven at the time. Uh, The other was on uh, uh, the use of digital data information as a platform for doing performance measurement in the future. Uh, But uh, there's a publication on that front uh, from the 1990s. The the world the problem we were trying to solve was uh, the non-standard approach, uh, really as kind of a lack of understanding, for one thing, of what the quality, whether we knew there was variation in quality, but not to, we were not able at that time in the 90s to map it very specifically. And there was also a concern that health plans, because of the new economic incentives to constrain care, might uh, stint on quality in uh, their efforts to contain costs. And so the measures were both to ensure that there was that uh, adequate floor of quality, but also to enable comparisons uh, between plans. And then a third piece I would feature is about the standardization. So over the journey of the last uh, 20, certainly 20 years, a lot of non-standard measures have been put into the marketplace. And it's been really important to uh, uh, try to come up with a trusted common uh, lingua franca or quality. I think HEDIS has done a lot of good in that regard. It's it's a recognized uh, um, set of measures, and it has been through a very extensive vetting process to uh, by multiple stakeholders, by technical experts, uh, so that the measures that are included in the set uh, are, um, uh, we hope, the standard around which the industry can really coalesce, and, and that has been true.
0: I'd love to go back and talk to your 1990s self about your vision for digital uh health in the future. Um but about heat, the the new HEDIS measures, um maybe you can describe what's new about this year's measures and say a little bit about the process for how they were updated and maybe maybe point to some of the the more noteworthy changes.
1: Absolutely. So the the biggest change I think in this year's HEDIS uh is around the commitment to uh, equity uh, health equity, in particular, the the, the uh, measures are measure set is updated annually uh, to keep abreast of changes in the field, to introduce new measures, to retire measures that are no longer serving a, a, a good purpose. And uh, at NCQA, um, there's been a longstanding belief that uh, equity, uh, high quality care has to be equitable, uh, and that everyone deserves the best treatment regardless of race, gender identity, sexual orientation, identity, socioeconomic and cultural characteristics. That goes back to the beginning. I also worked in 1990s on uh, measuring disparities in care. In fact, published one of the first papers that used HEDIS, data, HEDIS measures that CMS was collecting to look at racial and ethnic disparities and uh, racial disparities in care. And so the uh, new measures this year are uh, sort of emphasize, I emphasize three changes. The first is that we added race and ethnicity stratification to eight of the HEDIS measures. This is a first step on a journey. It's taking what existed and rendering, reporting, analyzing and reporting the stratifications. That gives us better transparency into health plan. Average performance may be fine, but there may be uh, gaps, and, and we'll learn a lot more about that. Uh, a second activity uh, or, or change is we're introducing a new measure for social needs screening and intervention. Uh, and that's a measure that uh, will encur- we hope encourage health plans to assess and address the social needs of their members, such as food, housing, and transportation. Uh, and the new measure, uh, it essentially assesses um, members who are screened uh, using pre-specified instruments at least once during the measurement period, which is typically a year. Uh, and who receive a corresponding intervention if they screen positive.
0: So this is just to clarify uh, sort of a list of questions that maybe my doctor would ask me about whether or not I'm food insecure at home or have access to transportation, that kind of thing.
1: That's right, because we know those are strong predictors of uh, of health uh, or they're certainly associated with health, and that uh, there are good there's good evidence that intervening can actually make a difference in the in their uh, health trajectory. And then a, a, a third change to the is 2020, or measurement year 2023, uh, which was just released this week, is revising the existing measures uh, to acknowledge uh, and affirm uh, member gender, gender identity. For example, uh, measures rev- that reference pregnancy and childbirth, uh, we uh, you know, change the specification to acknowledge that uh, people who identify may identify as a different gender. Uh, that is supposed to uh, reduce the likelihood that transgender members may be inadvertently excluded or inappropriately included in uh, in measures due to their gender identity
0: gotcha, so essentially previously questions about pregnancy were only asked to women, and now that's you've changed that approach is that right
1: that's correct yeah and and, and vice versa uh, everyone is who may identify differently is included there.
0: So last September, we published a Forefront article by uh, Rachel Harrington and some of your uh, colleagues at NCQA, and they wrote that in 2019, 76% of commercial health plans reported incomplete race data for their members, and 94% reported incomplete ethnicity data. Medicare and Medicaid were a little better, but still not great, and so I'd love to Uh, have you say a little more about race stratification. Why hasn't this really been done before? Um, And now that you've included it in the measure, are we good to go? Can systems just kind of flip a switch? Um, Or as I suspect, there might be a kind of a rocky road ahead.
1: Yeah, there will be a journey here. And and this journey also began quite a long time ago around uh, the, the codification of race, ethnicity, information. The collection of the data. One of the things that NCQA has, I think, done successfully over time is, is created expectations and standards about what the future will be in terms of data needs, data collection. Uh, and that has been helpful to the marketplace or to the, to the health plans and the, and the providers. And here the expectation is that we need to improve race, ethnicity, data collection. We need to standardize it. The quality of that data needs to be at a greater level. Uh, to support this. If we don't try to try to move it into the marketplace, these stratifications, we've actually tested these and we know that they can be done with some d- degree of uh, uh, reliability. Uh, but if we stop short and say, well, the data don't exist, so we won't try to measure that, uh, we probably would still be back in the 1990s with six or seven measures. So this is an important uh, a feature of what we do, there is there's definitely room for improvement here. There are some health plans and other provider organizations that are really moving the ball in terms of uh, the more systematic and um, also say uh, uh, community sensitive or you know, sensitive to the uh, to the to the person about why the data are being collected, how they would be used, uh, what safeguards are in place, and actually those those pilots and and demonstrations are going well. Uh, to, to a large extent. So we, we anticipate improvements here.
0: So these ratings apply to health plans, uh, but of course uh, health plans are not the ones providing direct care. They're the ones paying for the care delivered by other providers. Can you say a little more about the mechanism or sort of the theory behind which we hope that this rating process, the race stratification, and really your sort of efforts more broadly in, in theory, should translate to better care for patients in the, you know, exam room? Yeah,
1: I think our, our, our model aligns. Again, it's really going back to the basics that the payers, uh, the people who are paying for the care should get what they're paying for, uh, and that creating transparency around what they're, they're purchasing or, or uh, paying for is the is a fundamental mechanism that's, that's important. The challenge is that the ecosystem has become more and more complex as there's more delegated risk, delegated uh, uh, accountability. Uh, so that, uh, and we're uh, looking to adapt our own uh, approach uh, to move beyond, not change it, but move beyond health plans to thinking about what are the entities that are truly accountable for the health uh, care, uh, healthcare, and health outcomes that we want to see as a nation. That complexity of our system is not something that measurement can solve, but measurement has to be sensitive to it and responsive to it. And we have to um, give the tools that people need to do measurement successfully to the systems, depending on where they're situated, whether they're health plans, payers, accountable care organizations, uh, provider groups. Uh, that's a complicated task uh, in some ways it's the it's the easier task to just say oh there are all health plans health plans are accountable for populations and we'll measure the quality through them but uh, I think we could do more to assist the other parts of the uh, ecosystem to uh, uh, advance the improvement agenda
0: well that's probably a good spot to wrap up I wish we had more time um, but I will encourage our listeners to uh, visit the detailed description of the changes uh, from ncqa on your website, as well as some uh, relevant pieces from the pages of Health Affairs over the years, uh, all of which we'll throw in the show notes. But Dr. Schneider, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I'm sure it's a busy week and we really appreciate you uh, making the space to uh, join us on uh, Health Affairs this week.
1: Uh, We're really grateful for the time and the opportunity. Thank you so much, Rob, it's really been a pleasure.
0: And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please recommend it or share with a friend. And of course, check back next week for another episode of This Week, available on your favorite podcast platform. Until then, take care and thanks, everyone.